Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What? in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that may or may not have five on it my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're going underground to feast upon rabbit as we talk jordan peele's us but before we get into that, let me remind you we're part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. You can find our past episodes at BoomHowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your tethered hole. And don't forget, you can follow us on social media. Uh, we are on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And as we are in our first episode, mm-hmm. after the month of March. Right? What a month. What a month. What a whole <laughs> entire bracket, man. That was that was a fucking hoot. <laughs> a hoot nanny? A hoot and a half. It, there, a lot happened. Um, madness indeed. So much madness. Into the Mouth of March Madness, our third year doing it. Upsets, like just first time watches, yes. just like... New experiences with old favorites. Yeah. Talking with old friends. Yep. Meeting new people. Having a grand old time. The essence of why we put the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to go ahead and I guess in this case, not even like Twinkie the Kid could help a, a zombie land. Um, in space, no one can have you a Twinkie. That's so. right. It came down to Alien and Zombieland in our championship round. And I'd like to thank everyone that voted. We actually got a really good turnout for that. But I think there were maybe one or two votes for Zombieland. I make that three. Okay, I was going to say, did you vote on that one there, Genius? I, you know what? I'm behind the curtain. I know this is going to sound blasphemous right now, but I, I had the two movies in my hand. And at the end of the day, what movie do I want to watch? And at that time and that place, it was Zombieland. That's fair. That's fair. So, that's that's why we do it, though. Yeah. And you can't go wrong with either one. But uh, Alien is the winner of the 2019 Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Hard fought. Congratulations. And uh, dare we say a perfect film? Mm-hmm. Just and one of those that is a film. And it's funny. This is the second year in a row that the film from the 70s bracket has won the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And so it joins the ranks of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. Uh-huh. Dream Warriors. And Halloween into the hallowed halls of Into the Mouth of March Madness. And again, mm-hmm. we would like to also thank every single person that came on to help us talk. Uh, Rich, Jeff, Tony, Justin, Adrian, Tyler, Jill, Nick. Thank you all so very much. And again, thank you all that participated, that sent in your brackets. We always have a good time with it. Except this guy. Fuck this guy. Oh, no. We're going to get to him. We're going to get to him. <laughs> but, like, yeah. And special shout out to 3B Productions who did a yes. whole little uh, YouTube thing on their doing their bracket. You know, that was that was well done. It well was. done. And that's why, again, that's why we love to see people react to it, engage with it, interact with it. It is a lot of fun. But but, but check out the real thirst. Oh, I think yeah. you, I think you might dig it. Check out the real thirst. <laughs> oh oh poor poor rotten roger there um 
But ultimately, um, we're definitely going to be doing it next year again. Um, we're saying goodbye to the 70s, mm-hmm. and we're going to be looking then. It'll be starting with 80 and 90, 2000 and 2010. I'm looking forward to this coming up year. And we have already started looking at some mm-hmm. of the films, trying mm-hmm. to put together the bracket there. Um, but yeah, we did leave a particular name off here uh, because we are joined today by one of our very special guests. Uh, he did engage with us in the round of the Scream 16 in our 1989 bracket. So he is one of the people responsible for, you know, uh, Shaka going as far as it did. Uh, You know him as the one of the co-hosts of the Media Rewind podcast. Please welcome back Dustin Pryor. Can we get a recount for my votes during Mouth of March Madness, please? No, I'm afraid uh, all Nolan so, Boyd. Sorry, was... man. When, once you once you're in the shunt, you're in there for good. So there's oh, no there's no coming back from the shunt. Oh no, I'm, I don't, I don't want to be re-shunted. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh well, there we there we lost most of our listeners. Um, Gross. <laughs> before we get into our episode proper, please tell our listeners where can they find you out on the social media? Please plug and promote away. I am at Mount Baldy on the Instagrams, the Twitters, and uh, Dustin P on Facebook. Media Rewind is at Media Rewind Pod on the Twitters. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And you can catch my writings at BoomHowdy.com along with the podcast that I do with El Genius. Boom Howdy. And speaking of that podcast, I know you guys are... March was pretty crazy for us because we were putting out two episodes a week, which mm-hmm. is unusual for night. You know, we're normally one episode a week. However, right now, you guys are also in the midst of some craziness yeah. based on the episodes you guys are reviewing. There's been, uh, fortunately, there's been two. It's only been two, but uh, we had episodes of The Walking Dead on Sundays, mm-hmm. and then we had Into the Badlands on Mondays. So then we would drop on Mondays, and then we would drop on Tuesdays. And, but fortunately, it was only for two weeks. Because Walking Dead's like, yeah, the season for Walking Dead is over. But now we've got Into the Badlands and a week away from Game of Thrones. Right. So, like, you know, it's kind of like it's a good transition from one into the other, you know. So we'll for the last last two weeks, we'll have again on the same Mm -hmm. thing. Yep. Absolutely. But hey, more cool shit to watch and talk about. Right. And well, I like the fact that, you know, you get an outlet for those cool genre shows and, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you guys have just so voraciously defended and promoted Into the Badlands. Oh, dude, we love that show. That show is fantastic. fantastic. I mean, we even like held you hostage and made you watch the, the beginning pilot of Into the Badlands. Check this shit out. It's great. Wait till the Baron comes in. Hello there, Gregory. <laughs> well, and that's my thing, too, is there's, there's so much TV. So ultimately, when I can listen to those, it's, again, listening to the chemistry there. So I appreciate it. So uh, thank we you, need, guys. We need Taboo to come back. Yes, Taboo. <laughs> and if you can't get enough of that chemistry... <laughs> Make sure you are checking out the Media Rewind podcast. <laughs> but the reason we had Dustin here on this particular episode is he went out and saw us. With yes, us. With us. Wait a minute. I already see you. Uh, us? Wait, us? Confusing. Or them? Confusing. Them. No ants. No ants involved. <laughs> this is all us. No. I'll, I'll say this in regards to this particular film, because go back to our uh, review we did of Get Out. Mm-hmm. Um, we loved the film. Yeah. Had one of my most visceral reactions in a theater at the ending of that movie. Curled up in a ball going, oh, please don't do this to me, Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Please don't do this to me. High rewatchability. And that's we'll get to that in this particular film. But it's a movie I've really enjoyed. Um, what was your thoughts on Get Out, Dustin? I haven't seen it. I ah. own it. Uh-huh. I went out and bought it the Tuesday it released on Blu-ray, but I still have not watched it yet. You haven't seen Get Out yet? No. Get Out. Get Out. No, Get I out. see what you did no, there, you no. beautiful bastard. But, but, but for real, that was like, what? I just like, like huh? 
I mean, like, I mean, I we just finished talking about how like we the chemistry is there. We all know, but you've never seen Get Out? No, I've not watched it yet. Holy shit, dude! We I mean, it's watch still it, in the it's still in the the mylar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On no, my, we, on my Blu-ray show. No, we're gonna have to rectify that soon, man. It's fucking Get Out is I've, great. I wanted to, man, but you know, my weekly watching a Predator comes up. Just <laughs> you know, and it, I'm sorry, Jordan Peele, love you to death, but fucking the alarm. Arnold. The alarm comes on. It's like. No sport. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious then, because I was going to mention, you know, we obviously love the film. Yeah. It's always tough to have to follow up your first movie that has just been was critically praised. You know, the genre fans loved it. It's an Academy Award winning film. Mm -hmm. The follow up man and the for staying in the horror genre. Oh, yeah. For his second film, because at that point he could have probably done whatever he wanted to Mm -hmm. based on the success of Get Out. But he wants to do genre shit. He wants to do Twilight Zone. He's one of us. Exactly. But a very talented one of us. (laughs) Right? Yeah, no, this is like, what? so what do you? <laughs> yeah, and, and see, now I'm curious then because we had the baggage of the first film and the expectations, mm-hmm. so I'm almost kind of curious your reverse engineering that you're going to eventually yeah. do. You, you know, honestly, with him, uh, the extent of what I know is from Key and Peele, and just in the, the comedic sector, I mean, yeah. he and Keegan-Michael Key are just incredibly talented on the comedian, you know, on the comedic side. So I'm I'm interested to see Get Out. It just it's not necessarily like I've shied away from it. You no, know, nothing like that. No. It's just I don't have the time. I mean the the springtime is literally my busiest time at work. So right. it's like even carving a couple of hours away to do some. You know, hey, no shame, dude, man. Like we said, you can't see everything. And I mean, also, technically, you're not even your horror isn't your main genre, right? Yeah. So I, you don't necessarily seek that out. So I understand that yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But you should watch it, man. I mean, you really it's it's a really, really good movie, but uh, it's, it's actually fantastic. And I'll rewatch. But yeah. What did you think? Did you have any expectations to sign done? You done fucked up a Aaron when going into us? No, you know, honestly, with, with all of the films that have come out even recently, mm-hmm. I have zero expectations going into any film because everything is or like pre spoiled. Yeah. Thanks to like the, the advent yeah. of the internet and the, the just the saturation of everything that you get with films. I mean, I know Genius and I went to go see Captain Marvel on like a Sunday and everybody was like, Oh, this is a movie the greatest thing ever and I I just go into it completely blind. I didn't watch any of the trailers, any of the previews. I did the same thing with us. I mean, the only thing I actually saw of us was just the promo poster. Yeah. Ah. You know, okay. and, and I'm trying to I'm trying to keep myself from going into any of the films because everybody's going to say, oh, it's either fantastic. It's the right. next billion dollar blockbuster right. or it's complete crap. And I don't think that's fair because mm-hmm. everybody's going to take something different from a movie. So let me ask you this before we go in and make like spoilers or anything like that on. The, and um, we just nailed, talked about it, uh, the hype, because I know with me, a lot of shit sometimes burns me with a hype like, mm-hmm. oh, it's the scariest movie you ever made. And then as soon as I hear that, I'm instantly like, OK, you bet you got something to prove now, you know, and I've been burned a lot of times. I mean, there's never I haven't found the scariest movie ever made yet, but like I've been burned more times than I've been rewarded so upon that with the hype like it comes at nine hereditary and all this other shit what did you think about us did the hype like spoil or you know i hate saying that it spoiled it i mean just like greg said you know it's it's very hard to have such a huge film like get out i mean how many academy awards did it win four i think Mm mm-hmm and, I mean, it was nominated for just a slew of others. I mean, you know Jordan Peele is talented, right? That, right. That's, that's you know, already determined and mm-hmm. written in lore. But then everybody started talking about, he is the new voice in horror. Mm-hmm. He is the new master. And mm-hmm. it's like, like you and I have talked, Genius. 
it's it's hard to put that label on somebody and be fair because then if it doesn't quite hit with you know the the genre fans yeah then he's he's a complete you know he's a sellout and you know his films are crap from that point forward I don't think that's fair, but then when everybody started talking about us, I was just like, yeah, I'll go see it, you know? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. horror isn't my first go-to. Right. But I'm going to go see it just based on the name that was attached to it. Because, I mean, look at all the other stuff that he's getting because of Get Out, you know? Yeah. He, he's obviously a fan of the genre. Yeah. You know, but now he's doing the Twilight Zone reboot and, and all of the other things. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with it. That's that's the whole premise of me going into us. I mean, he is responsible for getting people to download that like CBS app. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty yeah, incredible. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. No, I guess, you know, let's go ahead and uh, we will say this. Let's try to give Keep a non spoiler review. Yeah. But at some point we will go ahead. Right, right, right. will say. Yeah. We're going to. Spoilers. Spoil ahead. Yeah. Spoil the shit out of spoil. it. As I believe you would say. Spoil the shit. <laughs> so initial thoughts here, gentlemen, on us. I'll go. Uh, first off, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I didn't love it. I didn't think it was like, it was the next best thing in horror, you know. But like, I dug, I dug it a lot. But not to that point where like, man, I love that movie. Not like I was get it was it wasn't get out for me. Get out for me. I was like, man, I fucking loved that movie. Raw. This one, that movie was really good, but I'm not raw about it, you know? So but I dug at the shit out of it. I thought there was a lot of good things it said. I lot of thought there was a lot of good creepy things, and I liked the fact it was kind of a new idea. First and foremost, is this a horror film? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. Without a doubt. Okay. That was the biggest, the, the thing that, you know, ruffled so many feathers with Get Out was people, no, that's not a horror film. Like, how can an Academy Award winning film be a horror film? You know, how is it not a horror film? No, it, we, we talked about it on the episode before. I was curious because then people will say, well, is this particular film a horror film? Especially mm-hmm. if it is well received because, again, People don't want to say that horror can. It's, it's the, still there is a stigma yeah. associated with horror, and that's still very frustrating. Mm-hmm. But I think we're slowly but surely getting out there a little bit more. I really dug this film, and I will say this: this was the second time that I saw it when I was with you guys, because I think this is a film, and this is not a spoiler by any means, but it's a film that deserves a rewatch, built upon what the film itself is. Mm-hmm. And I would say this: I think Get Out is a better rewatch, kind of knowing what's going on at the end and. And I don't know maybe if that's the style that Jordan Peele is going for, just the kind of films that are just so layered that you need to watch them again yeah. and again. But I'm glad I did because it just made everything, of course, made a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. But then little details and things that I didn't begin to catch that first time just started clicking for me. Yeah. So I kind of went from the like to not not loving it yet but i really dig this one and this Mm -hmm. is for me a good worthy follow-up from get out because like you said it's unique yeah there's a real there's a really cool almost kind of would you say a a sci-fi element to it yeah there's definitely something other going on. something yeah i'm trying not to get into spoilers right but there's something we don't know and, and and i don't care yeah you know, and now looking back on it, this is one of those not not quite Mandy where I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this. I knew how I felt about it as soon as I walked out of the movie. I was like, I like this movie, but I can't put my finger on it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But it took me a couple of days, but I really dug the shit of it. And now I do want to rewatch it because even going back on the trailer, you know, you notice things because mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet, rewatched it yet. And I was on the fence whether I want to for a long time for now. Or like maybe in like next week, right? Right. So, but then I watched the trailer and I was like, 
you know what? That makes sense. And like, oh, I see. So now I want to watch it within like the next week. I just because I want to put the clues together. Yeah. And I know I'm some. I, and sometimes I get super pissed off when there's no explanation explained. Um, but I think this one was a good balance where like some questions that I thought I wanted to know the answer. I realized I don't. Sure. And some that I got the answer for. I don't know if I wanted. And we'll go into that area, the ending, in our spoiler. That was some spooky shit. Those There's, doppelgangers were scary. Truly scary. Well, let's talk about the cast a little because you talked a little, we, you mentioned it before, and I'm glad it didn't get you too uh, riled up there, but you mentioned Hereditary. Mm-hmm. And going, we, you, well, the one thing you will always say about Hereditary well, is... Fuck Hereditary, man. Well, oh, I was going to say Tony Collette's performance is she at was, least oh. good. <laughs> no, she was great. She was great in that movie. Everything else I wasn't was, trying to bait you that way. No, I really wasn't. Was trash, but she was great. Well, I really think uh, Lupita Nyong'o's performance in here, I think, rivals it. I think she is just next level good in this mm-hmm. film because she's technically playing two different roles and both of them are nice and distinct. But man, there's some just crazy like the the body movement. Yeah. All the little just subtle things that are going on in her performance that I just was just just enthralled with. She's creepy as shit when she's like the bad dop the bad doppelganger and she's just like staring wide eyed and grinning. She's like that little like maneuver she did. And then, like, the way she moved as yeah. that character. And, like, later on, there's a scene where she was just just moving this otherworldly, almost kung fu type movement. It was great. Well, the thing that, you know, stood, stood out to me about her performance is, you know, everybody says that, you know, oh, this person acted very well, you know, the, the movement and this, that. Dude, her eyes were incredible oh. during mm-hmm. the entire film. Like, when she played you know, herself and then the doppelganger herself. I mean, it was just incredible because number one, I don't understand how you can keep your eyes open that long and not blink, but that was impressive because she creeped the shit out of me in that movie. And that voice. Ah, it sounded, it sounded like it hurts being dead. It it was haunting. Yeah, it was truly haunting. So you combine the aural with the the visual. I mean, it's on all elements. It's like a four quadrant scary, but I'll tell you who was the scariest to me was the daughter, the daughter doppelganger. Oh, she was intense. She was crazy. Scary more so than the boy with the crazy face. We see it in the trailer more so with the creepy mat. The creepy mask is creepy. Still very creepy. And even the reveal when his like face is all burnt and shit, that's still pretty creepy, but her, Ooh, well, the daughter. And if you notice, if, when I went back and watched the trailer, there's the initial scene when they're at the top of the hill and they dis, they, they, they disband. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's different from the way they do it in the movie. Because in the trailer, they all just walk normally. But in the movie, <laughs> yeah. scurry. Scurry. Yeah. And oh, that just adds it. Cause when Scur- I saw, scurry is scary. <laughs> scurry is scurry. That's what that is. But <laughs> It's a very simple principle to live by. Uh, Winston Duke mm-hmm. also just playing just that that affable just that he's almost like a, he's a lovable goof a john candy-esque kind of character mm-hmm. very much so mm-hmm. that's and but just in a new modern form and it was he i loved his character and he got the levity in the film the humor in the film and that's another one did it work for you guys it did and a lot of the jokes were made at his expense but it didn't seem to phase him as a character yeah you know granted it's the dad jokes and the jokes about the dad and the kind of like the differentiation between the generations mm-hmm. but it was like 
he was just doing his own thing. You know, he was just like, ah, whatever, you know, kids, kids are being kids, you know, you're being whatever. And I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to watch TV. <laughs> Here's the thing. At first, I, I it, at when the jokes for me, when they hit, they hit well, especially with the dad. And when they didn't, I was like, ah, oh, that seemed out of place. But then here, looking back on it again, moment, moment to process. I'm thinking to myself, I would probably be making those badass, not badass, but bad puns too. Probably. Processing More than that. likely, you know? I mean, and, and like, you know, not trying to make light of the situation, but that's what I do. That's how I talk. That's how so, you process. process. Right. So, <laughs> so like, that, and I'm like, okay, I can see that. And then, again, with the interplay with his daughter and his family, they're like, oh. The, the, I, I, I keep going back to the daughter, but she did a fantastic job how we talked about how the mom played two different characters. She played the shit out of both of her characters. Yeah, you know? Shoddy Wright Joseph. Yeah, she was, again, and everyone having to do the whole duality thing. The Everybody stepped up. Yep. Everybody stepped and, up. And her ability to play, like, early adolescent indifference to her parents was one of those things that I was like, yeah, I, I did that to my mom and dad too. I mean, she was just like, yeah, everything's cool. And just leave me alone. I'm going to be playing on my phone, you know, but she did it during the shit. Too. Right. Yeah. Like, like every moment when everything was going down and she's like, give me the phone. And she immediately goes, I don't have it. I didn't have it on. She just immediately goes to teenager deny, which mm -hmm. I just it was a little, there are some little subtle things throughout this film that I, I really think elevate my likeness of it. And one of them and it, I really stuck out the second time, but at one point when she's got the little fire poker mm -hmm. and she's stalking, there's a moment when she turns it around to make sure she's got the little pointy end out at front. And it's just a little subtle thing like that. I was like, Oh, that's nice. I like, I like that. You know who else killed it was Elizabeth Moss. Yes. She, I didn't like her character, her good character, but I really enjoyed her tether character. I'm going to go back to March Madness. Not a deal breaker. Not a deal breaker at all, dude. Because, like, I was like, you know what? I can work with that because she's, she's crazy hot. I mean, like, she's still beautiful and insane and intense. But when she brings that insanity, like, I was just like, ooh, you're scary, you know, and I dig it, you know, because she's like there. Like, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Like, all Buffalo billing it, you know? But insane. And I really like... The only one that... The only... Even the daughters. And we'll talk about the daughters later. But the only one that... The actor that I was like... Ah, ah. It was Tim Heidecker. And the only reason why... Because I was expecting something stupid. Like him to eat shrimp or something. Like, you know? <laughs> and then... Because he, he, I saw a little bit of it when he was his, like, doppelganger. But I was it was just enough to take me out of his character. You know what I'm saying? I do. And there's too much Tim and Eric. There's that. That's the baggage you bring, mm -hmm. you know, but darn, that's a, well, I'm not as, I don't watch the show, but I know who he is. So I at least had kind of brand awareness. I was pleasantly surprised the score of the movie. I love a good Rectus Dominus. That's especially it when it's phenomenal. creepy, especially when it was a creepy Rectus Dominus. And it's, I, there's a couple like bits in this score that it sounds like almost like a Tom Waits esque oh, kind of take. And on you know it. what? I was just listening to something I want to bring up too. Where you got the Rectus Dominus? Oh, yeah. Just genuinely was, chilling. Uh huh. And then the the other song that was really dope. It seemed out of place, but I dug it. Was the end. I've been grooving to this song since I've heard it, man. This is a nice magical mix of a score and a soundtrack. Yeah. 
where I love the score, but man, some of the individual songs in there. And I never thought that I would hear say the day that I got five on it was scary, but that Ooh. song scares the shit out of me now. Genuinely chilly. Genuinely chilly. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Not necessarily the slowed down version that you know you get in the in the preview and the trailer, but like it, it was awesome to see because I've done that very same thing with my nieces and nephews because I don't have kids, and I'm I'm pretty sure genius you've done the same thing with Shorty. You have to find some type of equivalent bonding. You know, so I've introduced them to Wu-Tang, stuff like that. I know you've introduced your, your niece Shorty to a lot of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So the way that the parents are trying to seem cool with the kids is they introduce them to, you know, I got five on it. And they have to explain the, the context, yeah, the context behind the song. Another time. <laughs> Another place. <laughs> but But I thought it was great because the kids are, you know, the kids are starting to groove along with the song. And I mean, when did I got five on it come out? early 90s you know yeah. mid 90s yeah and i mean we're talking about it in 2019 being a, a very focal point of a you know a, a, a blockbuster Major movie blockbuster. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i don't know man i just I, i'd like to see more resurgence you know in in good songs like that i think you will because ultimately we're 20 years from that now that's almost like the sweet spot of nostalgia and i think the 90s are coming they're coming back in a big bad way right and then and then again jordan peele's one of us you know, just a big talented nerd, yeah. you know, who likes like spooky shit. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, he's got good taste. So of course he's got good taste in music. So like, yeah, it works. It does make sense. I would say also a couple things here. Um, try again, before we go into the, the major spoilers here, some of the films that it really kind of homages. In fact, in the very beginning, that opening shot. I looked at, yeah, the opening shot. It looks it looks like the TV from Get Out. Right. 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 Oh, yeah. But then you see these videotapes on the side, and I'm like, that's what we're going for on this ride. So I'm like looking at them, and the first one I fucking see, cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. And I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah, let's go for this. We're going to go for a ride. So, you know what? We're 25 minutes in. Let's go ahead. At this point, there's a lot, so much to dig into here. We are going to be spoiling us mm-hmm. from here on out. So if you have not seen the film at this point, stop what you're doing. Go see it. Come we're back about to, to ruin. ruin. Oh, boy. See, what is that? 20 some odd years of chemistry? <laughs> Good Lord have mercy. Of with Jordan, We're now untethered. Yeah, oh, there we go, the tethered. Let's start there. We find out that these doppelgangers, these duplicates, they're called the tethered. Mm-hmm. And they come from, it's, and this is where we get weird, it looks like a government experiment where they cloned us to try to control us, but apparently it didn't work because these tethered didn't have souls. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we, they can't think for themselves. And they left them in this entirety of this entire underground system. The opening of the film tells us and I, sometimes that bothers me a little when you get that you have to get that narrative exposition. Mm-hmm. But it was basically you know, there's so many like underground tunnels in all of the, U- the United States, and then okay, and nobody knows what they use them for. Right. Yeah. And right. then movie, and then we get into the film. So it turns out that there's all these apparently these tethered throughout, and mm-hmm. they're all of our duplicates. So this gets into the whole they're the enemy of the film, obviously. Themes. Get Out was very. It was us versus them. Yeah, I mean, it was. It really was. I mean, like with this, I want. I want to ask: Is can a, can a monster simply be a monster, or does it have to be a representation of something else? Like, does it have to be, or does it work better? Right. I don't know. I think it could be standalone. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't necessarily think it needs to be representative. Representative. 
representative. Representative. There we go. But I, I use words every once in a while, <laughs> but I don't think it needs to be representative of anything that's going on. I mean, sometimes you can just have something evil. Right. You know, and the only reason I ask it is because I think there are so many ways you can interpret the tethered. Mm-hmm. Um, and but ultimately, I'd like to think that you can also just think of them as the, the monsters and what? what have you. You know, I think so until the end. I think so until the end, because like sometimes, like you said, you just want to see something evil going around, fucking around shit, you know, and like, okay, cool. Sometimes movies, when they have too much to say or like, hey, here's sometimes they can like flog you over the head. Like, here's the message I want to get across. The pollution is bad. Right. Pure pure text. Right. But this one wasn't. This one was like choose your own adventure. I mean, because you could you really could interpret it to a lot of things and open it up to a lot of different discussions. But I think like with the title, it comes down to us, the tethered or uh, the, us in the above ground versus the underground dwellers, the people who are down there, the forgotten. I think this one is like these are throwaway people. It almost goes um, harkens back to the Morlocks. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the time machine? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And well, you know, and this is one of the, I guess the, the underlying currents in the movie that I wanted to ask you guys about. Okay, so when when we're talking about the tethered and they're just kind of going through the motions and they're they're essentially mimicking everything that the normal people or the untethered would be doing. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a it's a critique on like consumerism, because if you if you see everything that the, the above ground people are doing, I mean they're lusting after everything. Right. Lusting after a boat, a bigger house, uh, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's essentially the, the entirety of what. Um, oh, God, I can't. Uh, Winston Duke and uh, uh, his character is going after, you know, mm-hmm. he buys the boat. He always right. compares himself to, to the other guy. Right. You know, and all the things that they have. The tether just want to be somewhere they're not, you know. So I think that's the reason why they're they're trying to get up. I mean, for for lack of a better explanation. Well, and I know the whole thing was the fact that they never desired to get up until they had a voice. Or, right. Yes. Literally a voice because none of them talked but groans and grunts. And finally, someone who comes in has a voice. I think, once again, this is one of those ones that will beat you over the head later. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? This yeah. is not one of those ones instantaneously because I'm looking at it like I never even saw it like that, but I can read into it like that. I'll, I I like your newsletter and I like to subscribe. <laughs> Every Tuesday. Right? But so, but I also thought it was like kind of like not the 1% versus everybody else, but yeah, it's 1% versus everybody else. I mean, Absolutely. you have these people who are living, well, for lack of a better term, we are right now, we're living luxuriously we don't even know it ever have freedom and everything we can do whatever we want meanwhile these other people are forgotten are lost are tethered are our foundation of right? which we stand upon so they're basically it's time someone gave them a voice and rise up and take what's rightfully theirs this could almost be a, a battle cry right well, you know? I, I go back to talk about consumerism i really think peel with his two films at this point is given us kind of a very Romero-esque take on horror at this point through this filter to the point that, you know, the whole they're us and we're them Mm -hmm. that you get in Night of the Living Dead. There's that line when she's like, who are you? She goes, we're Americans. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think there's a lot going on with the whole class issue at this point again. Also, I mean, there's, it's very meaty. I think also it comes down to like, you could argue like nature versus nurture in Mm -hmm. this film. Because it, and again, we're going to spoil everything here. When we find out at the end, the whole reversal that 
her character was switched out with one of the tethered at the very beginning. And that's why she didn't speak initially, why they introduced her to dancing. But the idea that with her environment that she was able to thrive in an, in a nurturing environment Mm -hmm. that even though down there, she didn't have a voice when she got some of the advantages and was given a chance, look what she was able to do. But see, then you can, but then you also, you can look at it that like she through force of will herself survived and thrived in there enough to lead a rebellion. So like, then again, it's like, okay, is it from just because of her? Because she said we were born special. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm like. Okay. And so, which brings me to like my questions, you know, because answers bring questions and questions bring answers. I saw that she was a tethered about two thirds into the movie before the big reveal. Good for you. No, 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 no. (laughs) No, but I was, but I was fine with it, you know, because I, because I could tell, oh, oh, I think something switched and like Mm -hmm. just everything. But going back on it, I saw it even more. Like I was like, oh. It adds rewatchability to yeah. it, and that's what I liked about it. And I, listen, I am probably just maybe just a simpleton film goer, but I don't really strive to try to find those twists or anything coming. Mm-hmm. So when it's when it happened, I was like, "Oh, cool! That's I didn't see that one coming." Ah, I'm very much the same way. I mean, along the same way that Greg is, you know, because when I saw when the when the switch happens or when the the the, the ultimate shoe drops, mm-hmm. I'm just like, "Oh, that's oh, yeah, that cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's, that's because I, cool, I really cool. I wasn't looking for it at that no. point. I was just trying to follow along with the story and and see the character development. I thought I thought that particular part was pretty clever, but also they're the sep- the two sides of the same coin though. Um, because ultimately she was able to then also thrive mm-hmm. and was able to organize everything. Mm-hmm. And But I was confused by the dance. That's That confused me a little bit because I was like, I was thinking, okay, if she's the real one, why, how is she dancing? Like it, it kind of threw me off with the puppet, not puppetry, but in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things, the tethered, mm-hmm. if she's the real one, how did that thing work? And I was looking at it logistically and I don't think that's what I should have done. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I was like, like maybe she evolved like, yeah. like the tether had evolved because the, the tethered was anticipating all of her movements. I mean, cause when you see the film and you see all the, the above ground people being mimicked by the, the tethered individuals down underneath, do you think maybe she just evolved to be able to anticipate what was going to occur? I don't know. Maybe I was thinking she was the one dancing after all. The, the sure. real one. The real one was the one dancing, controlling during the dance. And that's what kind of made them both become more solid. Sure. sure. So, like, that's what I was. I was like, huh. Huh. I liked where everything went. You know, even though when it got, like, not confusing. Because there was times where I was like. What's happening well, here? And then but, ultimately, like two, almost two thirds of the film plays like a home invasion story. Yeah, yeah. Like that whole, that whole invasion siege scene works really well. And it, it was comedic at times. It was because super funny. W- when the, when the tethered actually come up to the door and, and um, Winston Duke's care or tethered character yeah. starts to unlock the door. Oh, she yeah. looks What's at him. Up? She's like, who's got the key? It was under the rock. It was a hide a key. And I was just like, I'm like, that's funny. I I mean, I would probably laugh if somebody tried to get in my house like that. But I I just thought that was like the, the, the little interjections, like you were saying, you know, about the phone with the daughter and, you know, the little toy truck that the little boy uses to keep the door open. Mm -hmm. Those kind of things were just, you know, they just made me chuckle. They made me bust out laughing, but they were levity. They were funny in a very tense moment. What do you guys think was the significance for the glove? That everybody had one glove? Mm-hmm. Michael, Michael Jackson? Jackson? 
You think so? Yeah. Because well, she you had, would, yeah, she had the Thriller t-shirt on. I was like, okay, that's another influence yeah. on this movie. Right. That's where this is going to go, you know? So that's where I was like, okay, cool. The influences were there, and it was wonderful. Like, I mean, every little thing kind of led back to something else. And you can go back and look at, like, we talked about Chud. Mm-hmm. Chud was one of the influence. They came from underground. There's even, they were like, and hey, we're having reports that they're coming from the sewers. sewers. I'm like, fuck all that noise. <laughs> fuck all that noise. My creepy doppelganger, what, first of all, my doppelganger wouldn't be coming from the sewers. Because if they think like no, us. Nowhere near water. No, and my doppelganger, if they think like us, he probably wouldn't try and kill me. He probably just kind of want to hang out and watch movies and eat jelly beans. Pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, 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 Badlands are here. Badlands are on. Badlands. And then, like, sit down and then, like, we'd watch Always Sunny or something. You know, I, I, I you want to do, you want to go in Hands Across America? Too much walking? You know, <laughs> like, so... <laughs> Well, and, and this is something I didn't think about until tonight when we when we initially decided that we were going to record this episode. Okay, so the symbolism behind the scissors being mm-hmm. the murder uh, weapon. Yeah. Okay, scissors, two pieces bound together, come together as a whole. And cutting the tether. I thought that was extremely clever because it could have just been a knife. It could right. have been a gun. It could have been a bat. Anything that, you know, because the untethered, that's what they were using. They were finding whatever they could use. But every tethered kill came with the scissors and i mm-hmm. thought that was like i was like okay cool i i can see that because you don't you don't see anybody getting stabbed with scissors in movies anymore I mean, right i'd like to think it's a more evolved cropsy you know going from big shears to little scissors scissors, but no definitely the uh, the duality of the scissors mm-hmm. it plays perfectly well you know what doppelganger favorite pizzas are little scissors <laughs> oh my apologies does that deserve a boo word yeah that's yeah, definitely a boo word <laughs> <laughs> No, but then even like uh, the the uniform look of them, mm-hmm. the the, mm-hmm. the dark red, it's very. I was kind of got a Dead Ringers Cronenberg vibe from it as well. They look like Michael Myers, With red the Michael Myers. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, and even like down to the the, the sandals that the they're sandals, wearing. The sandals, yeah, just all of those things. The, but that like you know, I you can look into it. I kind of don't want to know, but like why all the sandals? Why the uniform? You know, because. I mean, I get, but that's just what they did. In the, I, would, I, I assume that was probably against a government op- operation. Yep. Those are probably so standard. They have, yep. they, standard they have like a back stock of Birkenstocks. Yeah, well, maybe. Even, and even, even eating rabbits. Yes, the ra- rabbit season. Yeah. <laughs> but you ever notice every time they had the rabbits on, they, then the Rectus Dominus came on? Yeah. So it's like, you know, are these evil rabbits? Evil bunnies. You know, like, are they from Satan? You know, <laughs> but I guess rabbit would make sense because, I mean, like, you can get a lot of rabbits quick, you know? That's true. And they live underground. All up in your rabbit hole. <laughs> That's so, where it was. Well, even the fact that when you when they give the whole explanation of the whole duality of everything, that when you're feasting upon all the things that you love, we're down here eating raw rabbit. Mm-hmm. But then, like she even said, like this is my husband. I didn't choose him. I didn't. You choose had him. a you. It was it was frightening what she said because she was saying, you know, what, while you had uh, gave birth to a beautiful little girl, I had a monster ripped out of me. So it was just like, you're just like, ooh, you felt bad for the tethered. There was times where I felt genuinely like, man, that's some rough shit. And I kind of wanted them to win. Well, and that's the thing. I, I for one, welcome our tether overlords. Her descent into was scary as shit. The tethered, yes. Yeah. That fucking escalator was sc- 
scary. That was like and the escalator to hell. Yeah. And there are some genuinely good scares in here. The scene when they're attacking um, at Elizabeth Moth in the yes. head. Yes. Where they grab when them. When they cut some of the side mm-hmm. and they and they bring Pour her in. in. They were the scariest things because they were flipping and shit, doing scary things, coming out, coming, walking from behind, like with their feet up, just coming. Rah. And you know what else got me? Another thing scared the shit out of me. When... Um, at the end, when he he's walking backwards to control his oh, mimic, his little, yeah. and then the mom comes out of nowhere and just engulfs him. I was like, holy shit! There was another one with the little girl running, where you just get a little thing of her. She just rushes past you really quick. Like, there's some good, genuinely good, just scary scenes in there. But the descent into the tethered, we get, and this is where I think it didn't lose me by any means. But we talked about it before. I wanted a little bit more ambiguity with this film rather than kind of the explanation that we got. I kind of would have preferred less ambiguity. I yeah. mean, like I wanted to see the tether uprising or like, why exactly did, <laughs> did the, did the fucking, uh, did, did the scientists get killed? You know, like, like what happened? They throw, throw them away, but like run out of funds, you know, or something or like, I don't know. I, now I don't. But at the time, I did. I mean, yeah. I still, you know, of course, whatever movie you're going to see, especially if it's one confusing and then has a lot of that can be left to an open interpretation, you're going to have questions with them. And some questions yeah. are going to want answers. Some questions you don't want the answers to. But like some questions like that, I kind of want more. Yeah. I could see where you're saying where you would want less. Yep. And again, I can totally see the other side as well. Um, <laughs> the two sides of the, the coin. The two sides yeah. of that. And, yeah. and spe- we talked about like the scares, but let's talk about some of the gore. There was some effective kills, there some man. Really good. There was some good effective kills. We got a good old fashioned outboard motor, you know, boat kill. Yeah, which a la, a la been, Jaws. Yeah, Jason. Oh, no, Th- thank you for not saying motor boating. Motor. <laughs> <laughs> we Just, keep it. Well, we keep it classy. You know, yeah, we tried. We did. We tried. Uh, no, this film has a lot going for it. Again, references to like the Strangers, Funny Games, Body Snatchers, Chud. I don't know. Other thoughts on this. I mean, I like the kill where the the little kid had like the rock up on the the like the display rock, oh, yeah. and he bashed the he bashed him over the head. And I and after we got done with the movie, I was like, oh, "Rock does beat scissors." <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, good sir. <laughs> no, I want to watch this movie again. I mean, like I, I I said that like about three times already on this on this show, but it's really effective, and I. This movie sat with me. Yeah. You know, I was like, because immediately when I went home after watching us, I started reading more things and like looking at like, well, what else do people say? And like, you know, and I never do that with other movies. And sometimes I don't give a shit. Right. You know, but sometimes I was like, oh, okay, let's see what, let's see what this video, like before you watch us, see this or like, hey, what'd you think about, you know, like yeah. ending of us explained or something, you know, whatever. Cause I was like, I want to know more about yeah. this world. You know, I want to yeah. know more what happened. And it's a and polarizing it, film, too. There are some people that genuinely just despised it. And then, you know, the other people that, you know, really dug it. I, I'd be interested to see the people that had issue with it, though. Do you think those are more religious people because of the, you know, like the biblical verse, the Jeremiah eleven eleven? Oh, no, I think it was they had logistical issues with the tethered. Like what happens if you travel across the sea or like that kind of stuff was taking them out of the film. Ah. So they just thought way too much into it. Exactly. Are they tethered in China? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
I mean, maybe it's a worldwide phenomenon. Now I'm thinking. Now, now you got me thinking questions again, man. Well, see, for me, I thought maybe it was more regional than anything. Mm-hmm. Just because you get that last shot where it's that nice little reveal. Hands across America. Hands across America. But course. let me ask you this then, you know, because you guys are huge horror fans. Do you think it's more so people just backlash from Jordan Peele? You know, because Get Out was such a huge film, you know, garnered him so much attention. Then then all of a sudden, because they might not like us, they're like, ha, you couldn't do it again. You think like high expectations and haters? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean, because we've seen that with some other films that have come out. I'll tell you what, I was thinking along the lines like earlier today, I... Your first movie, especially when you hit lightning in a bottle like you did, you're going to have a lot of pressure to produce again. And if we don't produce exactly, if not more, no matter what, no matter even if you weren't. So whenever you're going to do something like that, you have that expectation. And it's hard for him. It would be hard for anybody to catch that. I don't think he quite got to me the like amount of forget out. Yeah. But I think it's really up there. I just hope his third outing proves again. You know, and and he continues because I don't I don't want him. I know this is going to sound terrible, but I don't want him to become another Shyamalan because Shyamalan's first movie was Sixth Sense. And that movie was great. Lightning in the bottle again. Boom. His second movie, Unbreakable. Again, a very divisive film. But I loved that movie. Boom. Signs even more divisive. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Then after that, you know, so I think I hope he continues this pattern of just making great movies they don't all have to be get out caliber because again lightning in a bottle but at least up to he set a good bar yeah and i think ultimately if they facilitate fun conversations Mm -hmm. where you can bring so much so many different interpretations into them Mm -hmm. uh, we're the better for it yeah you know it's you know it's uh, again unfortunately haters yeah People, of course, then that's that's why they're going to say, well, it's not necessarily horror. And like, no, these are these are horror movies. But I can understand where this wouldn't be people's cup of tea. Oh, yeah. No, of I course, can totally of get that. And I'm sure some people that maybe enjoyed Get Out went and saw us and they probably didn't maybe didn't enjoy it as much. So, yeah. again, no worries. But I know it made a lot of money, which is great. Um, the issue that and again. Oh, go ahead. Normies. Um, I saw I think there are a lot of normies in the theater my first time and people were wiggling and freaking out and Mm -hmm. it was a joy to watch them have fun and get scared because again i thought there was some genuinely scary scenes in the film but for me it's not an overall scary movie but there were people in there freaking out it was great so let's talk about the tether we talk about if it's a movie for normies let's talk about a movie for hardcore horror fans do you think they would get a good i think i think so yeah Yeah. i mean i i consider myself a pretty big horror fan yeah i dug it i think so too i think if you're going in looking for like carnage and violence and blood and gore you ain't gonna get that no it's not gonna be that no but yeah what about the action aficionado i liked it i mean I, i don't think it had any pacing issues at least for me Mm-hmm. You know the the story pieces yeah. and, and the, like the, the the slower the slower portions of the film that actually built the story, nothing seemed to drag. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, they introduced the the antagonist pretty quickly. You know, and they gave us a lot of a lot of the story behind the protagonist. You know, so I, I really like the fact that we didn't get like you know into the third act and then all of a sudden we see the bad guys. Right. You yeah. know, and it's like just like oh cool you're at the lake house. You know, there's some kind of dread that makes her want to get away from where she's at. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I th- I thought it was a pretty quick paced movie. I mean, I, there was not a part in that film, and I I don't know what it clocked in at, 
But there wasn't a part where I kind of felt like I was, eh, okay, do I need to look down at my watch now? Or should I go to the bathroom? 40, hour 45. Yeah, it wasn't slow. Even when it was a fast movie, even when it w- there wasn't action, there was yeah. still a lot going on. There was still f- uh, humorous moments and more like, oh, because she even says, I feel a dark cloud coming in and it just instantly grabs your attention like, yes. And we again, know what's coming. And this can totally be a, th- a play on trauma as well. In mm-hmm. fact, that's what I initially thought the whole thing was going to be mm-hmm. initially until the turn. I was like, oh, okay, this is just a kind of an it follows kind of thing, invitation, all those, again, what you bring into it, you know, your own baggage and what have you. So I think it works on that level as well. Yeah. Yeah, this is just a film that it deserves to be seen in a big old theater with a lot of people and have a good time. My only, my, my I guess my last statement to this movie Mirror like houses freak oh. me the f out, and and I especially that part where she sees like her doppelganger and they're back to back, and then when she turns around, she's still mm-hmm. looking at her back. I'm like, oh shit, we saw how this worked out in Enter the Dragon. Come on now, <laughs> start breaking some mirrors, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Just slices her. They got scissors on a hand. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad uh, I had a chance to see it with you guys. This is a good one. And again, it's always fun to get to be able to, number one, see some new horror out there, but also to see it doing well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Word of mouth. And uh, I know next week we are going to continue this uh, new release train here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess choo, we're going to find <laughs> out, uh, is, is dead better? And sometimes dead is better. Now, is that going to, wait, wait, do your Lithgow. Sometimes. No, hold on, I had a good, I had a good like. Sometimes dead is better. No, that's bad. I that's bad. Well, we've got a week to work had, on it. I we've had got it. A, I had it. We, Sometimes you, you know dead what? is better. No. We, we might have dueling Judds. Yeah, dueling dueling Judds. Winona and Ashley are gonna come duke oh, it out. <laughs> <laughs> we got a week to work on it, and we are gonna be taking a look at uh, the new Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Dustin, thank you again for coming on. No, thank, thank you, you guys for helping out with March Madness. Um, just thank you for being a friend. And that's all we'll do there. So until next week, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. <laughs> <laughs>